Hey friends, and welcome back to another episode of Weekly Finds. In week 36, I have articles about the rise of the Renaissance creator for you, the word of mouth coefficient, a really cool AMA with Notions head of marketing, outreach tips from Rand Fishkin, and the introduction of the AMP 2.0 WordPress plugin. Enjoy. One. The first piece of content is an article titled Media 2020 Rise of the Renaissance Creator. And it's kind of near and dear to my heart because I somewhat consider myself part of that movement, or at least I feel myself drawn in more and more into that movement. And so what's actually happening here is that people who want to sell and share their skills get more and more tools to actually do that. They get tools to build an audience, to create courses, paid email newsletters as the one that you are subscribed to, and other formats. And because of developments like no-code and low-code, the only investment you really need to make is time. So I consider that a very significant time in which publications and creators are basically unbundled. Right, so think of the typical New York Times um, journalist who now creates his own publication on Substack and sells it for $5 a month and can make a decent living or at least a really good side income if they build a great side audience. So the key lesson for me here is that most creators group fans around them instead of hardcore customers. It becomes more and more about the personality and the content plays a role but is a bit more secondary. The second article you should read this week is an absolute beast. It's called The Word of Mouth Coefficient and was written by Yusuf Baihe, I hope I pronounced the name correctly here, who is a former VP of growth at Ease and Zynga. And he shares a really cool method to basically quantify and track word of mouth. That's something that I previously didn't think was really possible, but he makes it really simple. So what he proposes is to measure the number of new organic users and divide it by the sum of returning users and non-organic new users. And that will basically tell you who was referred by word of mouth. And I think this is very simple to set up in Google Analytics. I'm going to be honest at this point, I haven't tried it out yet, but I am in the process of uh, playing with that a little bit. And I think it's a really cool way, especially for startups, to to simply track how their organic growth is looking. So the key lesson for me here is that there apparently seems to be a way to measure word of mouth. I don't think the metric is necessarily perfect because it could be slightly skewed or impacted by unattributable um, offline advertising or things like podcast appearances and ads. But I think when you take into account the seasonality and measure the year over year, it can be incredibly powerful. Three. Number three for this week is an Ask Me Anything with Camille Ricketts, who is Notion's head of marketing. And she also worked at First Round previously, which has a really strong content offering. And I can only encourage you to read that AMA. Uh, so people ask some really cool questions. One which I want to read to you really quickly. So a person asked, what channel drives the most growth at Notion? And Camille answered, We've been really lucky with organic growth and have only diversified our marketing channels recently. We're very active on social media, invest a lot in community building, have experimented with podcasting and are now running campaigns on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. One of the most surprising and biggest success stories has been YouTube. We've been really proactive about connecting with and occasionally sponsoring or forming affiliate partnerships with productivity YouTubers who are fans of Notion and who have been creating lots of content about it already. 
It's been amazing to see some videos land that drive hundreds of thousands of views and tens of thousands of signups in a single day. For companies and categories where there is a following or community on YouTube, I strongly recommend exploring that potential. So the key lesson for me here was to speak with the customers to shape out what they really need. And if your product addresses many personas, to find the common needs and wants. Because that was also one of the questions that people asked her in the AMA. How do you address an audience that is scattered across many different personas? Four. Number four is an article by good old Ren Fishkin titled Outreach Tips That Are Better Than Anything You Find Searching Google. And I think this is a really important piece for anybody who's out there building links because it it brings to the point what many of us have been feeling, which is that that bland, cold outreach is pretty much dead. Instead, link building has become a game of relationships where you connect with people, you give them something for free, you jab, 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 right hook, as Gary Vee said at this point. Fishkin provides a lot of tactics that you can use to build those relationships and to ultimately get links, but it's not about this numbers game anymore. It's really much more about quality. So the key lesson for me here was to build, obviously, genuine relationships by giving something of real value first and asking second, or maybe never asking and just more or less hoping for natural links to come in. It's much less controllable and scalable, but at the end of the day, it's much more fruitful than the hardcore pitch because most people don't react to that anyway. Five. And the last article for this week is the announcement of the AMP 2.0 WordPress plugin. And as you know me, I'm generally not that bullish on AMP. I think it has a poor measurability, poor monetizability, and poor implementation. And so the version 2.0 plugin now comes with much more flexibility to incorporate custom logos and fonts. It automatically strips off unused CSS and also has a very improved AMP editor. On top of that, it validates your AMP implementation and sends you live error reports. And it also excludes plugins that might cause problems with AMP. The key lesson for me here is that the improvements of the AMP WordPress plugin are really nice and some of them are necessary, but I still don't see some of the core issues fixed. I still believe that for ad-driven businesses, AMP remains a cost factor and a liability. And that's it for this week. Please make sure you subscribe on wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss the next episode of Weekly Finds. See you next week.